And we're going we're gonna to get into these, these verses today from Romans chapter 6. And uh, if you don't know me, my name's Dean. I'm one of the pastors here. And, you know, it's great having you here today. And it's a special day for us. It's Baptism Sunday, uh, where we're celebrating, uh, you know, these baptisms. And what I wanted uh, to do today is just to spend a little bit of time, and these verses are great for this, uh, helping us sort of picture and see once again what baptism is all about. And so if you're someone here who has made that decision to trust in Christ and you've been baptized, these verses speak to us about what that represents and what that, uh, what that gives expression to in our lives. And so if you've been baptized, I want to encourage you today's day to, to just be reminded of what it's all about and of what Jesus has done for us. And if you're someone who's here today and you've not really understood, you know, what baptism is all about, these verses tell us this, this is why. You know, as a church, as True North Church, we, we believe in, in water baptism being immersed because it pictures something. It gives us an experience at a physical reality, a physical level of something that we believe has taken place at a spiritual level in our lives. And so when we saw Helen and we saw Sarah today, this was a, a declaration of what God has done in their life. And that very declaration through going under the water and coming back out of it actually best pictures what God does in a person's life when we put our faith in what Jesus has done and not in ourselves. And so we're going to unpack these verses. I want to uh, just kind of come back through them as we look at this great a picture of what baptism is all about. In Romans 6, when Paul's writing, he says these words, don't you know, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? I love this first phrase, or don't you know, don't you know? I love those words because they kind of set this little section up that the things he's going to talk about are things that we as if you are a believer in Christ or if you're exploring it, these are things you need to know if you are to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. If you're to understand what he has done. Don't you know? There are certain, uh, the thing about uh, following Jesus, about knowing Jesus in your life, about actually understanding the life God has for you. There are certain things you just have to know and believe even in moments that you may not experience them. Sometimes we, uh, we may allow our experience, we think, well, I haven't experienced that, or I don't know if that's really true of my life. These verses, Paul starts off going, don't you know, don't you know. These are things that, whether we've experienced them in, in our, our, our sort of physical experience of life, no matter what, these things are true. They are spiritual realities. And Paul's reminded of them. So, you know, if you're someone who's a Christ follower, sometimes we know these things, but we have to be reminded of them. He says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? When we chose to follow Jesus, when we were baptized, maybe gave expression of that uh, when we went through the waters of baptism. But this, is a, 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 this happens on the inside of us. This is the, these are things that God does. There's nothing kind of uh, uniquely special about water that it's got special powers. This is what God does. And when we were baptized, when we trusted in Jesus, we were baptized into his death. And we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. So baptism, physically, going under the water, is a physical expression of a spiritual reality, which is that we have become baptized into Jesus' death. 
We've gotten united with his death. His death is now on our behalf. So we are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, so that something can happen. We say, you know, we're, we're part of Jesus' death is on our behalf. In order that, as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. When we are united with him in his death, we actually now, through the glory of the Father, are uh, raised to live a new life. What, what I want to, I guess, the picture that I think is so incredible about this, what's, what happens when you put your faith in Jesus is that uh, what happened to Jesus, we, we are reminded that actually it's not about our lives, the Christian faith, following Jesus, is not about what we do, it's about what he did. We are baptized into his death. Baptism reminds us, when we go into that water, that, you know what? Jesus died the death that none of us were worthy to die. The Bible says that Jesus, he's perfect. He's a sinless God. He's, he was God who was willing to come down and become one of us, a human being, take on our form, our nature. He, had, he was completely perfect, yet he was willing to take on the sins of the world and die on our behalf in order that we could actually die to sin. We were baptized into his death. His death becomes applicable for our life. The death we couldn't die. And not only that, but the life he was raised to, a life we could never live on our own, it also is applied to our life. You see, when we are baptized, we declare that, you know, life is not about what we do. It's about what Jesus did. None of us can, can be perfect, and, and none of us are going to end up doing everything right. But when we, are, when we are united with him in his death and in his resurrection, we say, yeah, but he did this on my behalf. Baptism is this ultimate kind of declaration that I'm with him now. It's not about me anymore. I'm with Jesus now. And his death is on my behalf. It's applicable to me. And his new life, it's on my behalf. I'm with him now because of what he's done. You know, if, if, um, if you knew I'm one of the things you may not know, I'm, I'm a bit of a sports fan. I, I like sports. If you've been around, you'll know that. And I know a lot of you are as excited as I am that the Cleveland Indians, they're a baseball team over in the U.S., the Cleveland Indians. Uh, you were like, basketball season's over and we've got more. Um, that's right. Because the Cleveland Indians are in the World Series, the uh, championship of baseball, uh, appropriately called the World Series, though it's only for America. But... <laughs> That's not important. What is important is that the Cleveland Indians are in that very World Series. Can I get an amen? I can from my Cleveland sister sitting in the fourth row. Anyway, the Cleveland Indians not won the World Series since 1948, and, uh, and they are back there out of, after all this time. It's unbelievable. You know, this is the best time to be alive as a Cleveland sports fan, and I've got to say, it's also the best time to be part of a church in Australia that happens to have a Cleveland sports fan as a pastor. So... <laughs> But that's not the point. There was a point, some point. This was that point. I, I like sports. <laughs> now, uh, one of the things, I used to go to actually Cleveland Indians games as a kid. And I don't know if your sporting events or uh, experiences are like mine, but my experience typically of going to a pro sporting event is uh, I've probably got one of the cheapest seats I could find anywhere, sometimes from a, a lovely gentleman on the street outside the stadium. And 
But at any rate, I've gotten in there as cheaply as I possibly can, which usually means I'm sitting up as high as you possibly can. And so most of the time, my experience of a sporting event is uh, I'm starting up high. You know, you're with some friends, and you're saying, I think they're playing baseball down there. I think maybe that's uh, football. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing. But you spend the whole game kind of going, you know, I can't see everybody. You know, hey, I, I think I see some seats down there. You know, oh, hey, what do you reckon? Let's go. Hey, all right. You know, it's, we've been here about an hour. I don't think they're coming. I don't think they're coming. So you spend kind of the whole game, and then you get there, and you're like, oh, I see some there. And you just kind of navigate and try to get your way all the way down. And you do this until such time occurs as an usher says to you, oh, could I see your tickets? And then you usually say, I forgot them. I'll be right back. And then, you know, whatever. You know, so you always, you come to some point usually at which, you know, somebody will, will stop you and say, you know, you don't belong here. And now, one of my favorite all-time sports memories that took place where, now, this is my typical experience. Uh, Lisa, my wife, has an uncle who is a sports photographer. And he is a sports photographer. And so he doesn't kind of watch the game sitting way up at the top. He's actually allowed to be right down on the field. And one of my favorite sports memories was we were visiting them in Kansas City at an NFL, American football game, and I got to be for a day. Uh, this is her uncle in the center, a sports photographer, and just to the side of him, that's me pretending to be a sports photographer. That's right, and doing a darn good job, I think. And uh, I think I look like pretty legit. Now this was, this is one of my all-time favorite sports memories because, you know, most of the time, I'm just up there, and you can't go anywhere, and sorry, your tickets don't get you here. But for this day, I got to go with him. And we're walking through the tunnel to go out there, and where normally everyone would say, whoa, wait, sorry, no access, you got to go. I was able to go, that's all right, I'm with him. I'm with him. You know, we're going to get through, and there was a little sign-in desk, and we had to sign our names, and they gave me a badge. My badge said something like Tina or Laura or something. <laughs> that's beside the point. But... When I had that badge on, I could go anywhere. I'm walking around the, the, through the players. They're all standing on the sideline. I could walk right through them. I had to walk right through them. You know, I'm patting guys on the bum. Hey, nice play. Go get them, you know? <laughs> I'm talking total access. Everywhere I wanted to go. Just like a sports photographer. Now, I had zero qualifications, zero, you know, Real, authentic, you know, I, I didn't, you know, he's strange, done this for years. I'm no photographer, I'm no, you know, I had no real right, but I had one thing that day, and I got to say, I'm with him. Yeah. And when he took his badge, part of his group, and he stuck it on me, then I could go anywhere a sports photographer could go. Unlimited access, not because of me, not because of anything I've done, but because of who he was and because I'm with him now. Can I tell you something? That the beauty of this passage is we are united with him in his death. We're united with him in his resurrection. It's no longer about us and the good that we do or the bad that we do. Our lives become defined by this thing. And this is what passes by. It says, I'm with him. Amen. His death is for me. His resurrection is for me. Amen. I can live a new life. Not because of me. Because I'm with him. This is what baptism's about. This is what it means to know Christ. It's to know that it's not about what we do anymore. It's about what he's done for us, and we're with him. You know, I love the, uh, this kind of bottom phrase as it talks about here in, uh, in verse 4. It says, we were 
We were buried with him through baptism into death. That's on our behalf. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead. Let's back up just one more verse to verse 4. Um, that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Do you know what I love about this? Through, here's the thing is it reminds So his death was for us. His resurrection is for us. And now, through the glory of the Father, we can live a new life. Because his death was for us, because his resurrection was for us, we can now live a new life. When it says through the glory of the Father, the glory of the Father, it's a way of speaking about how, how awesome, how majestic, how, how kind of beyond our categories and our thoughts that the great God who created this universe is. And when it talks here about through the glory of the Father, it's really talking about the power of the Father. That the God actually had the power to raise Jesus from the dead, and now that same power is what enables us to live a new life. You know what's amazing about what it means to know Jesus, what it means to, to live what you might call the Christian life, if you will, is that it's no, it's no longer about us trying to do things. It's not about here's what it means to, to be a good person. And now if you'll just follow these rules or these, if you'll follow, obey these laws or if you'll just kind of do these things that then you are. No, no, no. We, if we have trusted in his death and we trust in what he's done for us, like Helen Sarr did today, his power enables us to live a new life. That actually, God, there's something. Work. You know, I love in, in Sarah's story, she talked about how, like, my life's different. I'm treating myself differently. I'm treating people differently. Why? Because she's now got that same power in her life. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's changing the way she thinks about herself. It's changing the way she feels about herself. It's changing the way she thinks about other people. She says it's a new chapter. It's a new beginning. It's just different. This is what it means to know Jesus. It's just different. And one of the things that, you know, it, I think is just so important to remember, you know, if you're somebody who's trying to follow Jesus, it's not about you doing it right all the time or getting it right and beating yourself up when you don't. It's not about feeling good about yourself or feeling bad about yourself. It's about just saying, no, I'm with Jesus now. And through his power, I'm beginning to live a new life. In fact, the picture that Paul kind of finishes these verses with is he says that we are for if we have been united with him, if we have been united with him in a death like his, this is what baptism pictures physically, but what God does spiritually in our lives. If we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. If we have been united with him. Do you know, when we put our faith in Christ, when we are when we're baptized, but from the moment we trust in Christ, you know, water baptism, it symbolizes, it pictures, we express what's happened on the inside, and we believe and we know that actually through Jesus, we have been we've been united with him, connected to him. And if we've been united in his death, we're going to be united in a resurrection like his. You know what I love about this picture in, in some of the older translations, this whole idea of united and what this is really talking about is that some older translations say we have been planted, planted in him. It's actually a picture of being planted in him. And so when you think about what it means to be planted, 
You know, the, yesterday at the, up in Marowa, we were, we were planting, planting. You know, we were planting, you know, we probably planted, I think, about 4,000 of these little seedlings all across this giant verge. And you know what? Every one of these seedlings, do you know how they began? They were in a little tiny plastic container. And here was this little plant in this little tiny plastic container. And you know what would have happened to each one of those if they just stayed right in that little plastic container? As we all know, if it just stayed in there, there's not enough room for it to grow, to expand, to draw life and sustenance the way that plant needs to. And if they were just left in those containers, ultimately they would just die. They might live for a little while, but they would never become the plants they were meant to be. And they might live for a while, but eventually they would, they would, they would, be, they would never turn into the plant they're imagined to be. They needed to be planted into something larger from which they draw life. This is one of the, the plants. I planted it. <laughs> make sure you know that. I told him, I'm going to look after you, little guy. I'm going to come by and say hello. No, I just have no idea where that plant is. But when you see a plant that finally gets put into the soil, it gets taken out of that little container and it gets dropped in there where it's going to be able to stretch out its roots, where it's going to be able to start to draw life and sustenance from the soil and the water and the nutrients and all those things around it. You know what's going to happen is that plant is going to end up flourishing. It's going to grow to be all that it was intended and designed to be. It has to be planted in something bigger. This is what the passage says about our lives. God created us. And when we are apart from him, we don't have the life we were meant to draw from. And through Jesus' death and resurrection on our behalf, we are finally united with him. And it's like in the spiritual realms, our heart, our soul is connected to the great God of this universe. And we are able to put our roots into him. And we draw life and sustenance. And we grow and flourish to become all we were actually created to be. Baptism pictures this. It's going down through the water. I'm buried with him. It's, I'm, I'm dying to my old self, and I now live in him. And as I'm raised, I am raised with him. And I'm going to live a new life in him because I'm now planted in him. And my, the roots of my life and my soul, they are drawing from him. Yes. This is what it means to know Christ. It's why we get baptized. It's not about trying harder, doing more. It's about actually connecting being united, being planted with the God who made us and loves us and created us and who sent his son to die the death we couldn't die, to be raised to the life we could never attain so that through his life we might live. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. And I love this quote. It reminds us that, you know what? Jesus didn't come to make bad men good. He came to make dead men live. And sometimes we think that faith is all about, well, I'll become a better person. Now I'll be a little bit better. I'll do a little bit more. Maybe I'll learn the, the right things. It, it's not about that. Will you end up changing? Of course you will. But not because you've got to try harder and do more, because you are now connected to the source of life. 
When you're planted in him, it's not try harder, do more, be a good person. It's I'm drawing life and power. I'm drawing everything. Helen said this so beautifully. All my life, I thought these were the things that were going to bring it. And I realized this is what I was looking for. She's now planted where she was always meant to be. And she's flourishing. This is baptism. Do you know if you are a follower of Christ and you've been baptized, don't you know? Don't you know? This is what it's all about. Don't you know? It's not go through this week thinking, oh, I just try hard and I didn't more and I messed up. No, it's just connect. Don't you know? Whether you experience it or realize it or not, you have, been, you have died and you are now united with Christ. This is what it's about. And if you've ever wondered, you know, what is faith about? What is this Jesus thing about? It's not about trying harder, doing more. It's about saying, that's for me. I'm with him now. And he plants us in himself so that we might grow and flourish, be all that we were created to be, the life that he dreams for us. I want to pray for you this morning. Would you maybe just take a moment and just bow your head where you are? Maybe just close your eyes. One of the realities this, I think, has to remind us of is that if we are united with him, if we are planted in him, then he is not far from us. The Bible talks about reaching out and finding him, though he's not far from any one of us says, draw near to me. God says, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. And we are constantly invited to turn to the God who loves us. And I want to invite you in this few minutes, some quiet moments, to simply connect with him to realize he is there and it's not about you it's not about what you've done or not done it's about what Jesus has done